to be married. I want, I want this. I want that. And the desire isn't a bad thing. But the thing about the desires is oftentimes you see that you have the desires, but you don't know the details. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Growing in Love podcast with your host, Austin Smith and Rhea Smith. Rhea Smith, Smitty Gang in the in the building. Gang gang kids are in bed. There's yes, peace and quiet in the God. house. We praise God. Okay. Amen. Amen. Listen, we are excited to be back with you guys for another episode. This episode is, I think, I don't think I'm gonna cry, but I think it's gonna get emotional. Gosh. What's happening? Well, it, what's <laughs> happening is we're going to talk about the journey. We're going to talk about navigating through transition. Oh. Um, but before we get too deep, right, you know how we do. Right. We need to, we need to right. know what are we growing through this week? What are we growing through? Not going through because when you're just going through something, mm-hmm. you're just going through it. You just, nah, it, I'm just right. trying to figure out how to manage through it. Just go. No, mm-hmm. what, what are we growing through this week? You want to yes. kick off first or do you want me to kick off? I'll let you kick off. All right. So for me... This week, it's literally in my in my office on my board. I have God is my source. Amen. Now that that sounds good, and it's easy <laughs> to say that when you have everything you quote unquote need, right? Right. Um, or let me say it like this: It's easy to say it when you're in a place of crisis and you don't have no other options. Right. Like, yeah, God better be your source, right? Mm-hmm. Because you definitely don't got it because you broke, or you just don't got it, or just life is just life. In. It's another thing to have more and to trust that God is still your source in surplus because the temptation is to think that it's you sustaining you when it, in reality it's always been him and always will be him. Yeah. And um, for me, again, um, just realizing in this space that there's more that comes with more, but a part of that more is trusting that God um, is my source, even when in surrounding, like, with jobs or just, you know, culture and people talking about the economy and talking about, you know, all these things, right? Yeah. As a man, like in my mind, I'm always managing. I'm always, you know, organizing. I'm always doing, like there's always tabs in my, my mind. And it's easy to start to lean into your own strength to strategize. Yeah. Forgetting that the strength for strategy comes through his spirit. And that comes through, it comes through listening and leaning into him and not into my own understanding. Yeah. And, you know, it might sound simple, like, no, like, he is my source, not just for, like, finances, but, like, for, for wisdom, for strength, for strategy, for how do I, how do I respond in this? Mm-hmm. If, if it comes from me, then it's going to be an issue, so, yeah, yeah I, I'll go down a whole, you know me, I'll go down a whole tangent, but, like, just, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing that, hey, like, he is my source in every, every aspect. I feel like some things that are very simple are kind of, like, the most profound things yeah, to do. for sure. Right, because we like to overcomplicate things. But I think mine is very similar. Um, the scripture that has taken over my life for the past month has been Psalms 46 and 10, be still and know that I am God. And I think as a doer, um, I'm constantly wanting to just get things done. Um, even with my job, with jobs, you know, when my son was, what, like three months old, <laughs> Aiden I was like oh well it's it's time to get a job like I did not know how to rest like even resting felt uncomfortable Mm. and I think that that's just something that I'm really learning how to do in this season especially when I think in past seasons like we're still doing a lot Mm -hmm. but in past seasons I feel like we were so consumed with ministry that there was always 
something. And that was the pattern of our life. And we were just so used to just going. And I think sometimes when you're used to doing, then your purpose can be in doing. Mm -hmm. And when you're not doing as much, then you feel like, well, dang, am I not in purpose? And sometimes the purpose that God is calling you to in a certain season is rest. Mm. Because maybe he's preparing you, maybe he's developing you for the more, for mm. whatever he's, um, you know, bringing you to. I feel like there's been so many people in the past, like, two months is crazy that will be like, oh, yeah, you're called to so much wealth. You know, they'll look at us and they'll be like, y'all are going to be wealthy. Amen. Okay, soon. Amen. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. But, you know, does the account reflect the wealth in my mind that you're speaking of? Mm. You know, and it doesn't. And that's why you have to walk by faith and not by sight. But you also have to be still because the doer that I am wants to, ooh, well, let me go look at this other job. You know, they're paying, you know, this amount of money a year. So maybe I can help. <laughs> you know, get us there. And God has just been telling me, like, listen, if you don't be still, the thing that I'm about to do in your life, you're not going to be able to do it. Mm. I want to put my hand on your life so that when people see your situation, they know that it was me. Straight that up. you had no part to play in this. Yeah. And the only way that you can do that is by truly surrendering. Okay. And so the power of surrender, the power of just understanding who your father is and allowing him to be your father. Mm. Like. That's good. Yeah, so I'm truly learning what it means to be a daughter in Christ and what it means to have a father who truly loves me, provides for me, and cares for me. Like, I have a natural father who does all those things, but the father that you have in Christ, like, he has no flaws, he has no faults, he wants so much for you, and he's literally the creator of all things. So everything that he has is already yours. And learning how to trust him in that and truly believe I think one of the hardest things is to truly believe that. Yeah. Because something that you believe in, right, your behavior starts to reflect what you believe. Mm -hmm. I love you. So my behavior reflects the fact that you love me. I, I believe that. I love you too. So I love you too, right? And mm. I show you that I love you because I believe that you love me. Mm. And so I think that that's the biggest thing for me. Be still and know that I am God. Yeah. And knowing that God is God is knowing his characteristics. So it's knowing him as a father, knowing him as a friend, knowing him as a provider, knowing him as a protector, knowing him as a healer, knowing him as a keeper. So that that scripture has so much in it. It's so deep. Yeah. But the fact that God is just like <laughs> moving me in that scripture, just surrounding me in that scripture. Sometimes you're like, oh, my gosh, God, what more can I learn about this scripture? And God's like, listen, there is more. Yeah. yeah. Because in him, there is more. All right, so, she, she about to start preaching. Yeah, sorry. Her head starts shaking at me. She's about to start preaching. <laughs> Rocking side to side. Mm -hmm. Then she's going to be in the corner and I'm going to have to do podcasts by myself. I can't. But no, nah, I think you said something key. Like you talked about surrender. And with like this episode, we want to talk about essentially the peace and being settled. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the settled place that we're in right now, mm -hmm. when I say settled, doesn't mean that we're complacent. Um, we're, we're learning contentment. I think we have a level of contentment. But I think settled, you can't be settled truly until you learn surrender. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, we've, we've learned that, and that's come through navigating through just a lot of transition. Yes. You know? And I, I want to talk about that. Like, how do we get here? Like, on this couch, where we are, 9.20 p.m., you know, whatever day it is, I don't know. Recording a podcast about our lives. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> experiences. But you think about that, like with yeah. our kids, like Bryce is five. Aiden is about to be three next month. We've been married 70 years. Mm. 
10 years together, mm. like we pastor the church, mm. we've run businesses, we're in, you know, jobs that we never thought that we would ever have, you know, like yes. opportunities, relationships, like, and then if you're not careful, life can go so fast where you forget, like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. it used to be different. Yeah. You know what I'm different. saying? It used to be a lot different. Yeah. So, That's I mean, so I just want to appreciate the journey, you know, because mm-hmm. here's the thing. We haven't arrived, yeah. but I, I, I want to I want to take people on a walk with us. And when I, when I say walk, because I don't want to sprint through it. You know, of course, we, we want to be done at a decent time. But it's just like, hey, like, let's walk through this and let's yeah. let's talk about this journey, yeah. because people sometimes will look at your life on social media mm-hmm. and they'll be like, oh, man, I want that. I want to be married. I want I want this. I want that. And the desire isn't a bad thing. No. But the thing about the desires is oftentimes you see that you have the desires, but you don't know the details. Mm. You Amen. don't you don't know the details behind the scene. You want the marriage, but you don't understand what's come the with cost. year six. Yeah. What came with year three? Mm. What happened today? You know, what I'm yeah. saying like you want the family, but you don't want the Tyler twos. Mm. You, mm. you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. there, there's fries come with that. Like, you just can't get the burger. Like, no, nah, I, don't, I don't like fries. Like, just keep that out the right. bag. No, like, it all comes with it. It all comes together. So let's talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. with this journey, you know, we've had to navigate through a lot of transitions. Where do you, I mean, it's a lot that we can go through. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of want to go backwards, if that's okay. Mm, backwards. It's like where we are today. I want to go backwards, like, in a sense that, like, you know, we've, we came out of recent transition. And I mean, I think we can go backwards while still providing context on even how we got to, you know, to where we are. But like, you know, 20, 2022 was like a big transition for us where we transitioned out of um, traditional local assembly ministry after planning a church and and pastoring in the pandemic. And that was that was a that was a season of our lives. There was a lot happening. Like people say now, like life was life in. No, life was life, and the math was absolutely not mathing. And a lot of times, you know, people say, oh, you're in ministry, you know. You know, oh, man, like, I want to be in full-time ministry. Like, listen, man. I want to be a pastor. If you, if you, um, you want to be a school bus driver, <laughs> if you want to be a teacher, if you want to bake bread professionally, if you want to walk dogs, whatever you want to do, do, do everything but pastor if you're not called to it. Because being a pastor is more than just preaching sermons on a Sunday. Being a pastor is more than just getting clips for for social media. Being pastor it, that that is a calling mm-hmm. that comes with a cost, and the cost doesn't just affect you; it affects your family as well. Mm-hmm. And we saw that, and you know, yeah. transitioning from that, mm-hmm. you know, was such a big. I think it was not only just like a a, a shift for us; yeah. it's a shift that brought momentum. Yeah. And we can talk about that, but like let's let's you know when we made that decision. Mm-hmm. I remember us sitting, you know, after it, and we we sat maybe it was like a Friday night. I remember we talked for like two hours because we hadn't really talked about it. Yeah. And um, it was like one of it was just a much needed conversation. And I remember in that conversation we were talking about man, like we really have lived a life of transition after 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 transition. Wow. And you know what I'm saying, like and. Let's yeah. let's talk about it. so it, for me like the transition started like for for us like really you know together I would say like when we started dating 
and then maybe what when we when we got engaged yeah or even well yeah so transitions happen very fast and even like I said in the previous episode um when my friend told me that she was that you were interested in me I was like no Mm mm-hmm not not right now. <laughs> and I think it's because in the season of, of my life that I was in, I had always been in a relationship, right? Or just love the idea of being in a relationship that I felt like I just needed time to be by myself. And although I had a little bit of time by myself, you know, I just felt like I probably needed more time. Mm. But I felt like our relationship kind of went really fast. Very right? fast. Um, so we met each other. I can't even remember when. Maybe I, like I got the dates. February. Okay. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We met each other, like, we started talking in, let's say, October of 2013. Uh-huh. We started dating December, hold up, December 14th, uh-huh. 2013. Yes. So that's, what, three months? Yeah. Give yeah. Take. So three months of really talking to each other and being like, you know what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're about to be together, which... I don't know. Sometimes when you just know, you know, you want to be in a relationship. And I just felt like with Austin, it was something different. Um, He didn't just tell me that, you know, he was had a relationship with God. I can literally see the fruit of him pursuing a relationship with God. And that was different because as soon as I started doing the spiritual blog, everybody came out the woodworks and was just like, oh, yeah, let's go to church. I'm like, listen, no. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right, right. But anyways, yeah, so it was a quick um, transition with us dating. And then after that, we got engaged. Jan- Do you remember? January 2016? Mm-hmm. Okay. Date? January 2nd? Come on. Okay. January 2nd, 2016. I'm terrible at remembering dates. So okay, He is <laughs> the one with the remembering mind. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, so we got engaged January 2nd. And he wanted to get engaged even before that, but he went to my parents and he asked them, <laughs> If he can marry me, and my mom's like, no, she has to finish school first. Okay, Adamant. like that is the one role I have, which I'm glad that she did because I felt like maybe I would have been distracted. Listen, I, don't know. I was so hurt though because I had the ring in my pocket, and <laughs> I didn't even show them because I was like, oh man, pride was just shot. Anyway, keeps going. I, I, I love them. So yeah, it took us about um, a year, well, two years to be engaged, and then after that, we were supposed to wait another two years to be married. To oh actually we're gonna like two and a half, right? yeah we're gonna get married in 2017 August August 5th 2017 okay yeah so a year mm-hmm. and a half and I was cool with that I was like this gives me enough time to save our money because we really wanted to have a wedding at that time or everybody really wanted us to have a wedding at that time yeah but we ended up um, Austin ended up going to another church so I moved back home to Columbia and Austin ended up going to another church and mm-hmm. his pastor was basically saying. <coughs> you know, what makes y'all want to wait to get married? And we were pretty much saying, you know, well, we want to have this wedding. Everybody wants us to get married. And he was just like, you know, why wait? If you feel like you're called to be married, like, don't wait for other people. Just get married now. Like, you can always have some type of celebration later. And so we ended up, I was like, you know what, Lord? He So he called me that day that his pastor said that. And I was like, okay, well, I just quit my job in Charlotte. You're, I just moved back here with my parents. I told them I was going to, you know, help them with some things. I'm working a full-time job. It took me forever to actually get this job here. I just quit my job there, and now you're telling me to move back there. I'm like, Mm-mm. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to get back to you, okay? So that night I prayed about it. I was like, Lord, you know, if this is what you want me and Austin to do, then please provide a job for me. Because that's what I was thinking at the time. I'm like, listen, I need a job. Okay, and I remember reading 
um, after I prayed, I remember reading the scripture, the Bible story about how God provided a lamb in the bush for Abraham, right? And I was like, okay, Lord, you're going to provide. Because that's what I felt like God was telling me. He's going to provide. The next day, I get a call from a recruiter who was offering me the same position but better play that I just, but better pay that I had just left from in Charlotte. Next day. The next day. Mm. I was like, oh, Jesus, I got to go move back. I, I got to move. We got to get married. Because... <laughs> Lord, you just told me you were going to provide, but you didn't just tell me you provided. Okay, so now I have to I have to move back. So we ended up getting married June 25th, 2016. Yeah. So a yeah. lot quicker than the 2017 date. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Another transition. Yeah. So like we get married June 25th, <laughs> 2016. We're very excited. And I think one thing looking back now that I can I can own and I can say is that we we were excited about being married, but we didn't take that excitement to truly invest into like that first year of our marriage for us. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that, that excitement, that fuel was was put into ministry. Mm-hmm. And for me, like being a PK, um, there's always been the call on my life that people say, you're going to be a pastor, you're going to be a pastor, you're going to be a pastor. The problem with like, in the in the black in the black church context, um, whenever you're young, black, articulate, and you're a male, that means you're automatically going to be in the pulpit, mm-hmm. and that's the issue because what if that gift of communication can be utilized in other spaces yeah. besides the church? Okay. Everyone is not a preacher. Mm-hmm. Everyone is not a pastor. Uh, let me say that everyone is not a pastor. Mm-hmm. To preach means to herald the world the the word. Um, and you can do that through a conversation anywhere, but to pastor a flock and preaching is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for me, I, I really, I've said it before growing up, the, am I enough was the fuel for the soundtrack of my life. And thinking that if I become a pastor, um, and matriculate quickly through ministry, then that will essentially complete me mm-hmm. was one of the worst lies I ever believed. Mm-hmm. And, Again, whenever you accept a call and you you pursue it, you you don't realize that it affects the people that are connected to you as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, those early years when we got married, man, it would be like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. We're at the church painting. We have no kids. You need to be on a date mm-hmm. in Uptown with your wife. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, like consistently, like that, that used to be our rhythm. Church was life. Church was life. Like, was life. Church was life. And it wasn't, and this isn't the bash, like, we, we, we were at a much better place with the transition. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, where we were. Like, That's just what it was. It's just what time. it was. Like, I remember there was times where, man, and I'm a basketball junkie. We had seven nights of prayer one time. I declined courtside seats to an NBA game for seven nights of prayer. No, it wasn't an NBA game. It was an NFL game. No, well, that was, that was something, that was, that too, but no. NFL, I mean NBA, oh, NBA okay. tickets. Me and me and D had a tickets. second time. Yeah, that's how you know. That's how you know, like how fixated my heart was on ministry. Well, and even wh- your purpose being in what you did in ministry. Yeah, for sure. Like you always had to be there. Yeah, but see, like that that affected not just me, but it it, it put a strain on, on us. Yeah. Where I'm I'm demanding my wife to run with me, and I'm really running forward, and she's like, not even running. She's like behind, but it's like. 
mm, don't know about this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, that used to cause a lot of friction in our marriage because it became very competitive where she was competing for my attention while I was trying to compete for, for God's bride. Neglecting my own bride, not realizing that if you would just get your ministry first with her, then everything will come into alignment. That's why the Bible says, lean not unto your own understanding. I had an understanding that thought that like, okay, if I prioritize his house, then he's going to prioritize my life. Mm. And I had things out of, out of balance, out of, out of order. And you would think that I would like learn my lesson and it it continued. You know what I'm saying? The thing about that is that, it's not a bad thing, right? I think the hardest thing for me within that transition is you could have been doing a lot of things, right? Yeah. You could yeah. have been out here. Out here in these You streets. know, just out here, outside. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it was the fact that he was at church where I wrestled with it. I was just like, well, dang, God, it, it, am I a bad person for wanting my husband to, you know, desire me over, you know, this area of life, over ministry in this way? Because I feel like he's wanting to please all these people. But what happens when it comes to our relationship, like, mm-hmm. is that not a priority? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a whole, we can, we can pack even more in it, but I would mm-hmm. say transition into like actually pastoring our own church, mm-hmm. man, that was a journey as well. Like just wrestling through mm-hmm. the nuance of like, okay, I know I'm called to pastor, but what, what type of pastor yeah. at that time? It was like, do I go the traditional route of like doing a church or do I go into the route of what I was actually kind of leaning and, and feeling a tug, but just didn't have language for. But even before that, cause we fast forward through a whole bunch of transitions before you started pastoring a church. We had kids. Oh Jesus Lord. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Listen, we had whole kids, which whole is kids. a whole nother. Yes. Yes. I'm know, glad you said that. Thank you. The relationship. Thank you. Thank now you're not just married right? Which is also a whole sacrifice. Yes. Yes. But now you have kids. So we had our first child. So we had Bryce, um, 2018. Yeah. So a year after we were married together, we had Bryce, Mm -hmm. which was a lot, right? Because we already told y'all, we didn't really spend a ton of time getting to know each other as a married couple within marriage that first year. Yeah. But after that first year, we had another child. So here's another transition, another thing to get used to, another thing to learn, um, and another aspect and a role to learn about my husband as a father, him having to learn me as a wife. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because, like, yeah. I mean, as a mother, sorry. Well, no, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm glad you brought that up because, like, in that in that season of our lives, man, dang, thank you. Because, like, yeah, this one might just be a little bit longer. We, we you know, we, we have children. I remember in 2019, that was like one of the worst years of my life. Well, let me let me change that. It was one of the most developing years of my life mm-hmm. because I lost my job. As a man, losing your job is like a it's a hit to your identity to provide for your family. Yeah. I, I lose I lose my job, like no warning or anything. I had just got a raise. I walk in after lunch and it's like, yo, we're going a different direction. So now we had just moved into our house. Yes. Bryce yes. is born. We just got a new house. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so I'm like, we about to be on these streets. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared. That's real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm a new father. I don't have a job. My wife's looking at me to provide. It's just a bunch of new that we're navigating through. And here's mm-hmm. the crazy thing. As we're trying to navigate through all this new, I'm rushing to get back to church. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because even though that wasn't the most important thing, it was the thing that brought safety and affirmed my insecurities mm-hmm. versus sitting into sitting in the place where my responsibilities were supposed to be 
And even though I didn't know how to fully function in those new responsibilities, Mm -hmm. I can connect myself to something that makes me feel safe. And I can get attention from that versus being here for my wife, learning how to be a dad, you know, um, staying up and and being present, even though a part of the the big part, you know, with feeding him at night was with you, like just learning, hey, I, I probably should be up and support her. Like, you know, it was, it was, there was times where I felt like you probably felt like you may have been by yourself. But on the flip side with Bryce, when I lost my job, it was me and him at the house. Mm-hmm. So now, like, I'm waking up in the morning, and it's me and my son and my wife when, when you when you had to go back into the office. Yeah, I was working. It's like a whole role reversal that just felt, like, completely, I don't know. I just felt, like, so lost. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I remember times I would come home. And his energy would just be completely off. And there are so many times where I just remember crying with you, praying over you, praying with you, us crying together and just trying to get through the season. Because we didn't really know what God was doing during that time. We just knew that God was going to, that God was doing something. Yeah. And we just couldn't see him. Yeah. And that was, that was 2019. Yeah. It was 2019. So it's like, we're navigating through that. That's when, okay. So then that's when we were about to pass through the church. Yep, in 2020, yep. You know what I'm saying? And that was even pushed back, but we were like, okay, like, it's time, right? Mm-hmm. The crazy thing about, like, even with the church, I remember you, like, had hesita- hesitancy about it because you, like, I still don't know if this is how we're supposed to do it, you know? And I think for me it was just, like, looking back now, I think I do believe it was an assignment, mm-hmm. but I also believe a part of me just, like, felt like some type of security, like, at least I can do this. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. And I feel like I had a hesitancy only because I felt like, I don't know, I feel like sometimes God will give you glimpses of what you're about to go into. And I felt like God was showing me that, like, in order to truly pastor a church, you have to know that you're called to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like people were always telling you Mm -hmm. what you were supposed to do. Yeah. Like, hey, we're kicking you out. You're going to do this because you're called to do this. And I'm like, but did God say that? Mm-hmm. But did God tell you that? And yes, I've always believed that you were called to pastor, but I'm like, in what capacity, in what way, Yeah. you know, cause pastoring or preaching isn't just done in a pulpit. Like you said before, like you can pastor in the workplace, yeah. you can preach in the workplace, you can spread the gospel and do ministry in so many different ways, but we're so accustomed to the way that it's always been done. But what if you can make more impact somewhere else? Yeah. And I think I had to learn that just through, Sometimes God will get you what he will give you what you think you you need mm-hmm. or yeah, he'll give you what you think you need mm-hmm. to show you that's not even what you truly need. Yeah. And even and I still felt like I mean, we could see glimpses of God's hands throughout the entire process. Oh, yeah. You know, like, like we thought we were supposed to have the church in our house. We thought we were going to have the church in our house because we really yeah. didn't get a lot of funds to be able to even start a church. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or a building. And it was like you made a relationship and then we were able to have a building to host our church in for free. Yeah. Like where do they do it at? The grace of God. God. Like when people say like, how did you pastor in that season? How do we, how do we navigate through that season? It it, like, this isn't being churchy. It literally was was the grace of God. It was God. Um, that, that was from 2020 to 2022 was like three. I mean, you add 2019 that, that just, that part of our journey is the grace of God because like there were so many things that were happening. Like, um, Bria attacks, huh? So many spiritual attacks, spiritual attacks, but then also just naturally like, you know, again, to your point when things are out of alignment, 
priority priorities you were you were the person where the financial strain was was on to provide which that's out of order mm-hmm. um you know i was i had the church and then i'm also trying to run a business but the thing about running a business is it's not stable it's not stable in those beginning years so like freelancing is hard and you need something to help fund that mm-hmm. and i'm putting energy and effort into good things but they're not they're not god things they're not god things and things that mm-hmm. are needed right now yeah. And, you know, of course, Aiden is born in 2021. Mm-hmm. Like that was, I mean, even how he came into the world was like a quick transition or just traumatic because he came very fast. And like it was, mm-hmm. you know, his oxygen level was down. Like it was it was a lot. Mm-hmm. And this is also during the past years. And yeah. I remember this the, the I season was pregnant on the initial sermon that the, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Church. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then just you think about with Aiden when he was young we had a season where he was dealing with a lot of sickness and that was during the pastoring years as well. And like, for me, it was, you know, you would think like, man, you got all this life going on. Like, don't you see what's going on? And it's just like, this is for, um, I think I, I, my hope is that this episode helps some pastors out there to realize that like preaching is great. Pulpit ministry is awesome. But the greatest ministry and the greatest yes first that you can give is to God. And then if you're married and you have a family, is is to your family. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think that again, if we if we take care of his house, then he'll take care of ours. But it's just like Back. we have it backwards. Mm-hmm. We have it backwards. And I see so many guys who who mismanage their priorities and wonder why life just seems to be life in the way it is. Yes. Um and, and this is this has been a hard lesson, man. You know. Yes, and when it comes to navigating through that season, because a lot of people, I mean, you look on TikTok now, people are like, "Listen, we ain't doing fifty fifty. He needs to provide for everything." And that season of my life, I mean, by the time I had Aiden, um, after two months, I was like, "Let me just get a job." Yeah. Right. I'm getting a job, and I was probably the sole provider for about two years of his life. Um, for our, our household, I was a sole provider. And I remember there would be times where I would have conversations with my husband and be like, Hey, like, do you think this is right? Like, I feel like you need to get a job. Like you need to do, you can still do this, but I need you to provide because I'm so stressed out. I'm, I have a lack of sleep. So I'm sleep deprived. Mm -hmm. I have two kids, not just one child. I have two kids. Um, now he's sick. So Take sleep de- deprivation, times that by 100 because there's nights where I'm not even sleeping because he can't even lay down horizontally because he won't be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. Plus, he stops breathing while he's sleeping. So as a mom, like, no, you're going to live and not die. So that season of my life, there's was so many times where I'm like, God, like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, when you talk about postpartum depression or just being depressed, but then having to walk into church every day and pray. For people, when you don't even know how you're going to pray for yourself, you don't know how you're going to get up the next morning. You don't know how you're surviving. You are just literally surviving Mm -hmm. like the grace of God. So there were so many times where, you know, I'm a first lady. So you have to have a word, you know, for everyone. Everyone is always coming to you. They're wanting things from you. And you're like, listen, I don't have enough strength for myself. The only thing I have strength for is for my children and trying to hold my house together. And I remember I felt like nobody was hearing me. And I'm like, God, you have to answer me. Like, you have to make a way. You have to do something. And I remember praying for my husband, being like, God, just touch his heart. 
help him to see what I'm going through, help him to see his, this, his home as the first ministry. And that when he gets that in order, then everything else will align up. Yeah. And I remember that was probably one of the quickest transitions after I surrendered that prayer to God, because you came to me one day and you were like, you know, you apologized, mm-hmm. you know, for everything that you could now see that I had been going through. But I believe that that was only from the grace of God. I know I was only able to get through that from the grace of God. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I mean, I think, you know, as we continue to talk about it with the reason why it was hard for me to see because like we glorify next so much. Mm-hmm. So my idea of success during that season of our life was a big church, mm-hmm. growing ministry, being church famous, which is whack. I mean, just be honest. I don't, I don't care about that stuff now. And it's just like, you know, again, when you think those things make you who you are, not realizing that I've already been accepted by the father and what I do, especially in the context of ministry, excuse me, context of ministry. Like we have to, we have to redefine how we define ministry as well. Like ministry is not confined to the four walls. Like how you, how you show up, if you work at Starbucks, that's ministry. How you how you raise your children, that's ministry. How you love your spouse, that's ministry. How you love your wife, how you love your husband, yeah. like that's ministry. How you how you treat your coworkers at a job that you say that you hate, that's still ministry. Yeah, if you're if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. If you're not, then just ignore everything I said. But like we have a a responsibility to to show up and be salt and light everywhere we go. But my my thing was I I was thinking that the salt and light could only be in the church. But the problem with that is if it only works in church, then I don't know if it works. And, you know, God really started to do something in my heart. And I remember telling you like, Hey, I'm about to go to this retreat. And that retreat changed my life. Um, Pastor Greg Surratt, um, like being invited to that retreat by Cornelius Lindsay, uh, my guy, like that retreat saved my life. That that retreat literally saved my life. Not just saved my life, but it saved our, I think it saved our family. Because I was able to go back to your favorite scripture. I was able to be still and know that he's God. Mm-hmm. And um, just to get clarity on, like, what's the next steps? The, the the problem was the next steps required surrendering of the current place. Yeah. And I wanted to hold on to that current place so much because I didn't want to let people down. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to let God down. I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to let myself down. Like, I, I don't yeah. quit. You don't quit. Like, athletes don't quit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um you know, we had lost people to death. We had lost people to, um, we had, we had lost people to, we lost two people to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was just a lot happening in the ministry at the time. You know, we're, we're struggling with our income. I'm having to park the car into the garage because I'm, I'm afraid we're going to get repo. Like, it's just like, it was just so much life. And, and the crazy thing about that is that transition happened in 2022. Mm-hmm. So it's just like all of that was happening in 2022. People do realize 2022 was last year. That's like wild. It's 2023. That's wild. All the things that we're ha- we're in a new home. Yeah. You're talking about hiding our car from repossession. Yeah. We're in a new home. Both of our cars are paid off. Yeah. When I tell you God mm-hmm. can do, okay, when I, he is able. Yeah. When I say walk by faith and not by sight, like what you see, God is still working behind the scenes. Do not, do not base everything off of your current situation because faith 
like faith will take you places. Mm. Okay. So yeah, this was last year. Yeah. That just messed me up. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think about that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man. Like I, I, I remember that Sunday where I had, um, I knew, I knew I was making the decision you know, I had meetings with the team and everything. And I remember that Sunday, that was the hardest sermon I ever had to preach. The second hardest, uh, no, hardest sermon. Second hardest was preaching Easter Sunday after my friend passed away um, that morning. And I remember just like that last sermon was called Nothing is Wasted. And I knew what I was alluding to, but everybody in the room didn't know what I was alluding to besides the people who knew. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember asking God, like, please just make this a graceful transition. Mm-hmm. Just let it be so full of grace. And I remember after preaching, crying, it it was just like, okay, it's done, now what? Mm-hmm. And that was the moment where, like, you know, I had a job, I was working remote, and I think God gave me that job just to make, to allow me just to be home, mm-hmm. to sit, and to, to just still. to be still, and mm-hmm. to not, to not, um, to not, to not, yeah, to not go be on the, the go, next, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Always used to go. And I remember someone, one of, one of my guys, I remember he telling, telling me, um, you're going to have to reevaluate and reconsider everything, um, essentially reassess who Austin is. Like you've only been consulting with one side of yourself, the preacher side of you, the church side of you. And there's, 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 there's so many, there's so many other sides of who you are. Um, and you're going to have to really, you know, reconsider and, and audit that. And I didn't really know what that meant at the time. Because I still wanted to be the preacher, the preacher, the preacher. Like, mm-hmm. but slowly letting that grip go of control yeah. has like drastically changed my life. Mm-hmm. And when people ask me now, do you miss pastoring a church? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and and again, I have no issues with the church. Yeah. I love God. I, I promise I do. You still preach like almost every weekend. <laughs> That's just the season it is now, yeah, you know, yes. speaking. Yes. But but I'm able to now go into spaces. I'm able to go into churches now authentically me. And healthy. And healthy, That's most importantly. Thing. Healthy. Healthy, right? There are so many depressed preachers. Yeah. Okay, depressed pastors. Yeah. Be healthy. Yeah. That, that is the most important thing. Yeah. And I mean, just, man, it, it's like now sitting here, like, I'm in a job that's tailor made for me. Literally like, created for you. Like even how that came about, I was prepping for to preach for someone and I thought it was a call about a job at a church and I was adamant I'm not working at a church. And he's like, No, like this is this is a different position and it absolutely was. Yeah. And I get to essentially now help build people through coaching, through learning and development, through employee engagement. Like that's my role. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to travel. Yeah, you, you know, get paid to build relationships. You get paid to build relationships and build people in a corporate office. Which you know what I'm saying? And it's like, if people can see that spiritual gifts work outside of church, mm-hmm. there's so many opportunities and harvest that God wants to bring us into. Yeah. But because you want to stay in the field at your local assembly in your church, mm-hmm. I think we're missing a harvest that's bigger than us. Yeah. And I still work for the same supervisor, just a different department. And now, and now it's, you know, marketplace. And when I go to churches, it's now to, you know, to encourage and to edify and to Mm -hmm. equip. But now my passion for churches is to help pastors be healthy. Mm -hmm. 
I don't care about preaching for you. I want to make sure that you're healthy for your wife and your kids and yourself, most importantly, like walking with guys. Now it's like being able to, you know, walk with professional athletes and college athletes and and do that. But it's like Mm -hmm. the pastoring role hasn't changed. I mean, it's changed, but the 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 function, the 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 um, the office, the the ability to shepherd again, Mm -hmm. sheep are everywhere. It's just different fields. Yes. But I'm just thankful, man, that like God, like one didn't give up on us, yeah. didn't give up on me when I was like so blind to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thankful for how he sustained our family, how he sustained our marriage, yeah. how he sustained our minds, even when it was unraveling. Like he didn't allow us to like completely lose our minds. Mm-hmm. That th- The fact that we're still married. Yes, and in a healthy marriage, in the healthiest place of marriage that we have ever been in yeah and it's definitely looking like that yeah and healthy doesn't mean like it's a it's void of conflict or yeah. tension or issues but it's you just like navigate it in a healthy way you know how to communicate yeah. you know yeah I'm, I'm thankful that we're we we look like we like like each other on social media and we actually like each other in real life yes you know what i'm saying like that's a that's a thing man mm-hmm. like so, so, so to wrap this conversation yeah up, yeah how did we get here <laughs> Yeah. Um. One, God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Two, I think it has been a lot of surrender, mm-hmm. like allowing God to be God, and just not giving up in hard places because there's been a lot of hard places that we've been in life, but we've just allowed God to develop us in those places. Yeah. Um. We gave each other grace. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. We gave it to God. Yeah. And, yeah, we've learned how to communicate. Yeah. It's been a lot. Mm-hmm. And and there's there's a lot of peace, as we're saying. There's a lot of peace when it comes to um, being settled here. Yeah. And I think for me, one, this is not the end. Mm-hmm. We understand that there's more that God has for us individually, together, and for our family. And there is down there. But here is, is is very beautiful and it's very sweet and it's very and God is just as much here as he is where we desire to be. So I think I'm learning how to embrace that more and not to be in a rush yeah. and not to determine success based upon a metric that God says uh, my metrics a little different. Yeah. And um, I'm hoping that just sharing a glimpse of our journey and our story can help not just only people in church, but just people in general who are navigating through a lot mm-hmm. and who are seeking for answers. And if you aren't a believer, you know, it's going to be very hard to find answers within yourself. But um, when you surrender to God, man, like he makes all things work together mm-hmm. literally for the good. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're just, I think we're just living witnesses to be able to see how he's done that in our lives. So I'm thankful. Me too. I'm thankful. Listen, if it had not been. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, listen, this has been uh, an emotional, heavy podcast, but a, mm-hmm. a, a but good one. But you didn't one. cry, though. You I thought cry. I was about. I, I, I thought you were about. Almost listen, cried. Listen, I thought I, I felt, was. I felt a little choked up yeah. at one point. I got, I got a little hot. <laughs> hot. <laughs> but again, this is another episode of Growing in Love, the podcast. And um, we are... I'm thankful that you decided to watch this, listen to this, and um, hopefully you'll join us again for our next episode.